welcome into another edition of Checkerboard Chat. It's the first of the new semester, the new year, the new decade. I am your host, Ryan Schumpert. Thank you for joining me here. We're going to talk a little bit of Tennessee football and basketball. It has been a busy start in a new year for the Tennessee football team. Last week down in Jacksonville, winning the Gator Bowl 23-22. Nice come from behind victory. Into the season, getting a little good mojo going into the offseason, winter conditioning. And the good news has followed for Tennessee starting on Wednesday this week with the surprising news, the exciting news for Tennessee fans that Cade Mays, former five-star offensive tackle from Knoxville Catholic, former Tennessee commit, son of Tennessee great Kevin Mays, is going to transfer from Georgia, transferring to Tennessee to play with his younger brother Cooper, who is an incoming freshman, and a really surprising move, one that really, I don't know if shock's the right words, I think there had been some stuff under, you know, some rumblings about it for a little while, but certainly surprising, not a move you see very often, especially considering all the backlash that Caden Mays got from Tennessee fans for going to Georgia originally. And then you follow that up with the success the dogs have had the past two years on the field and the success that Kate has had playing for him. Started 11 games last year at three different positions. Was going to be, without a doubt, a starter under offensive line next season, possibly at the left tackle spot. But he really surprises the SEC world, college football world, transferring to Tennessee, transferring back to Knoxville. So it'll be, now everyone's kind of turning their attention, have to turn your attention to can Cade Mays get immediate eligibility on its face? You would think probably not. This doesn't seem like a really a winnable case. He is obviously moving closer to home, but it does not appear that there is any medical issues with anyone in his family. But medical issues with people in his family, I guess, is kind of a segue into the deeper dive into this, which makes it even more interesting, is that the Mays family and Kevin Mays, the father who played football offensive line at Tennessee, is suing the University of Georgia. Um, the elder Mays, Kevin, had lost part of his finger at a Georgia athletic event when Cade was actually on his, I think I believe it was an official visit, considering going to Georgia. So they are filing a lawsuit. They have lawyered up with Tom Mars, one of the best, or one of the most well-known at least, in the NCAA world, he represented Justin Fields last year, he represented Tate Martell last year, he's represented a lot of big clients, represented Shea Patterson a few years ago when Patterson transferred to Michigan, has a general success of getting immediate eligibility, and he, as what people are saying to Mazes as well, are confident that Cade will get immediate eligibility to be able to play next year for Tennessee. and. What a good offensive line that would give the Vols is we will use that to lead into the next news of the week. Yesterday, Thursday, Trey Smith announces his intentions to return for his senior season at Tennessee. Tennessee's all-SEC left guard with an ode to Peyton Manning announced that he would be coming back for his senior season. And this is one that, as time has moved on, I guess in the past week, it seemed more realistic, but... All season, there was the thought that, May, or excuse me, that Smith would be going pro at the end of his junior season, at the end of the bowl game. It certainly seemed like he'd played the last game, his last game in a Tennessee uniform, but yesterday at this press conference, he explains his promise to his now late mother that he would 
graduate and then play in the NFL. He wanted to do the graduating first, and it didn't sound like he got as high as the draft grade as he wished. I think some of that certainly revolves around the blood clots that he has had. It's may have given him some medical question marks in the draft, but he feels like he can come back, play another year, get another year away from the issues, put more good game tape on. He will improve his stock. And, you know, this is a guy that I think almost everyone would say is a first-round pick if it's when you take away the off-the-field medical issues he's had. So I think he's, he continues to show that his plan works and that he can play at a high level while moving himself away from the issues with the blood clots. His He believes that his stock will rise, and I think – it makes sense. I mean, time will tell just how much these NFL teams who wouldn't take a flyer on them right now don't grade it highly because of that, how they'll feel in a year with another you know, good year of game tape and Smith playing at a high level. And then you couple all that with the news that was announced you know, last Thursday after the bowl game that Brandon Kennedy had received an appeal for the NCAA to get a six-year of eligibility. And that's going to be the case. So Tennessee is going to bring back their whole offensive line this year. Really, anyone that contributed on the offensive line, you know, Ryan Johnson and Marcus Tatum both transferred. Johnson had played a little bit this year. Tatum hadn't played really hardly at all. But they'll bring back Wanya Morris, Trey Smith, Brandon Kennedy, Jerome Carvin, Darnell Wright, and K. Ron Calvert, as well as Jameer Johnson. We'll see if Jameer Johnson sticks around too much. It seems like he's getting slid down the depth chart a little bit. But you bring Cade Mays in. It's a guy who can, I don't think Tennessee wants to use him at tackle, but a guy that can play some tackle if you need to, if guys get injured. But a guy that I think from day one will come in and, if eligible, compete and if not be the favorite to be the starter at right guard next season. That's where most of his snaps that he got at Georgia were at right guard. That's where most of his starts were. That's where he played at his best. And that works out pretty well for Tennessee because, you could argue that that right guard spot was the weakest on Tennessee's offensive line this year. I would maybe say right tackle when Darnell Wright was playing at times. Wanya Morris had some tough games, but certainly those are also freshmen. And Kairon, you throw Kairon Calvert in there as a sophomore, going to be juniors and sophomores next year. Guys, you'd expect to make big strides and improvements during this offseason. So time will tell. But Tennessee, I really think you know them and Alabama have on paper two best offensive lines entering next season. And, you know, I've voiced my concerns about pumping the brakes on the hype train for Tennessee, and I still think they have. there's plenty of concerns why Tennessee will not be able to, you know, get past Florida and Georgia next season. But you do see a little bit of down Georgia. Florida's going to lose a lot under defense, and Tennessee could be as good as any three of those teams on the line of scrimmage. And in a line of scrimmage league, I see why people certainly find that appealing, and that makes Tennessee a candidate to be an SEC's contender next season. You throw Astro add in the fact that Tennessee gets Arkansas from the SEC West game. I would expect the Vols to win on Halloween in Sam Pittman's first season. But that's the thing. is Tennessee, as good as they did this year as of beating the Kentuckys, the Missouris, the South Carolinas, the Vanderbilts, the Mississippi State, it'll be Arkansas next season. Tennessee still needs to show consistency there. I still think talent-wise, Tennessee's probably a little bit closer to Kentucky or South Carolina than they are Florida and Georgia, maybe really just right in between. Any time will tell how Tennessee develops another offseason. But I still think, you know, as great as winning, you know, obviously that's going to be the goal to win the SEC East, but I think that is a little lofty expectation for this Tennessee team right now. 
I think maybe they can steal one, you know, maybe beat a Georgia, beat a Florida next year, possibly. But to suggest they'd win the SEC, I think, is going to be a difficult task. I think Tennessee showing another year of beating Kentucky, beating South Carolina, continuing to separate themselves and, you know, grow closer and get closer to Georgia, Alabama, Florida would be a step in the right direction. Got off on a little tangent there. Didn't mean to get too much into next year's season. But a big week for Tennessee football. They also added yesterday, Thursday, the addition of Velos Jones Jr. He was a receiver at USC from Mobile, Alabama. Former five-star. He's just a grad transfer now. Has not really lived up to his five-star billing. Just six catches last season. Two seasons ago, he had a pretty a better year we'll say you know he had 24 catches for I think believe about 240 yards a solid season you see that kind of type of contribution and you think he can definitely help Tennessee next year with their depth chart certainly a guy that has a lot of connections to T Martin T Martin was his position coach two seasons ago when he had that good season as well as being his main recruiter out to USC T Martin an Alabama guy Velos Jones Jr., an Alabama guy. So Tennessee adds another receiver to that room to start next season. We'll see how he shakes up. Something to look out. He did return kicks and punts for USC. So I would expect him to possibly fill in that role for Tennessee in 2020. Moving on to the hardwood, the Tennessee basketball team starts SEC play with a win, excuse me, with a loss to LSU, 78-64, bounces back. On Tuesday night in Columbia, Missouri, they go on the road. They beat the Missouri Tigers 69-59. to And it's been the Santiago Viscovi, I'm not sure I'll say coming out party, but certainly surprisingly some good, some bad performances from the freshman from Uruguay. He showed up, I guess, the Wisconsin game. I think that was the 28th of December that he showed up before the game that day, bags in hand. Had one week of practice, you know, before Lamonte Turner said he was, you know, sitting it down for the year. The thought was Viscovi wouldn't play at all with redshirt. And then there he was seven days after arriving on campus in a starting lineup against LSU. And he did some good things, hit six threes, scored 18 points. But also came with some bad nine turnovers. Struggled at times in defense with the skilled, physical, talented guards in Skylar Mays and Javante Smart. And that's a game that Tennessee shot absolutely terrific in the first half. Couldn't have shot better. And then you look up at halftime and they're trailing by one after LSU puts together a quick 6-0 run in the half. And you start to see how that thing's going to go. Second half, Tennessee couldn't get the stops. Couldn't, I mean, the offense still played all right, but couldn't get the scoring needed to keep up with. Josiah James had probably his best half of the year in the first half, scored 15. That's all he had in the game, though, is he went away in the second half, and Jordan Bowden with just a dreadful performance. Only three points on one of 12 shooting. But Tennessee bounces back. They go, they play what is a bad Missouri team, but they go on the road to play a bad Missouri team, and they find a way to win. They get 69-59. It was an interesting performance from Tennessee, you know, Jordan Bowden played pretty well in the first half. I think had eight first half points, ended with 11, hit a big three late. Jalen Johnson was huge, had a great game, throwing in three threes, scoring 11 points for the Vols. And then you had late in the game, it kind of was a back and forth 
game, and then Tennessee takes a big lead early in the second half. Josiah James, almost a complete flip from his game against LSU, didn't score in the first half, but had 11 points in the second. All of them seemingly coming at big times as Tennessee took the best, took some of Missouri's best punches, and then the crucial stretch came with about five minutes left in the game. Tennessee trailed by three in a 90-second stretch. They got free from offensive rebound from Santiago Vescovi, who had not scored to that point. He found Josiah James, who hit a three. The next possession, Vescovi rattled in a deep three to give Tennessee a three-point lead. The next one, Josiah James drove and dished to Vescovi for a wide-open three in the corner. He drilled it to put Tennessee up six. Missouri takes a timeout, inbounds it on the side, goes through the hands of a Tiger right into Santiago Vescovi's, who finishes with a layup on the other end. Tennessee leads by eight. That was the critical run. Tennessee certainly was not great down the stretch after that, but Missouri certainly did not have the offensive talent to overcome as the Vols picked up their first SEC win. Offense was, you know, it's 69 points is about as well as they've done. And they shot the ball pretty well, 53% from the field, 45% from three-point line. Like I said, Scovey hit two, James hit two, Bowden hit two, I believe Pons hit one while also getting three from Jalen Johnson. It was a good performance from beyond the three-point line for the Vols. But it's hard to be too thrilled with offensive performance when you get 21 turnovers. Just killers, five from Viscovi, you know, is down from nine, but he didn't play as many minutes, didn't do quite as much. I'd say, once again, the good kind of canceled out the bad from his performance. Well, Josiah James turned it over four times, and the real eye-scratching, eye-opening one is John Fulverson turned the ball over five times. Can't get that from a senior big man. Just, you just can't have it. He can't be turned the ball over five times. But a good one for Tennessee, one they needed. And, you know, I don't think Santiago Vescovi is a star right now, but I think his ability to hit open shots and just having another person that can handle the ball, though he has struggled with it some right now, you see that possibility. Barnes continues talking about his, you know, needing to get in better shape, that being more of a reason for the turnovers. <coughs> Excuse me. But we'll see. And I, I think what he brings to this team is certainly something it didn't have. He's going to, you know, teams are going to know how to guard him. They're not going to try to give him much space. That's what Missouri did. That's why he didn't score for the first 30 five minutes of the game really but he still will draw out a defender he'll create more space he puts pressure on a defense and he's really someone Tennessee didn't have Bowden wasn't being able to knock down shots with that consistency James is starting to play better but still isn't certainly is not a three-point shooter that we have seen Viscovi be so far shooting 67 percent through two games while hitting eight threes so he's certainly been taking a lot of them Time will tell just how much he can get acclimated into this offense. Big game Saturday against South Carolina as Frank Martin brings a another offensively challenged team into Thompson Bowling Arena. I would expect a slugfest. I'd expect a good game plan on Santiago Vescovi from Martin and the Gamecocks. Well, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Checkerboard Chat. We will have full coverage of Tennessee's matchup with South Carolina this weekend as well as the Lady Vols hosting the Georgia Bulldogs at Thompson Bowling Arena Sunday. For Ryan Schumpert, this has been a Checkerboard Chat. Have a great weekend.